Good afternoon. Gabe DeArmond, Gerard Hamilton here with you. Welcome into Power Mizzou Live on the busiest day of the year, the day before the world ends in the state of Missouri, apparently. Uh, we're going to talk a little signing day. We're going to talk a little bowl game. We may check in with Drew King from the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. He's talking to Dennis Gates right now, and if he gets done in time, and the Wi-Fi works. Uh, we will check in with Drew and talk a little bragging rights. I can speak as a veteran of the Enterprise Center. I do not believe the Wi-Fi will work, but uh, we'll check if, if Drew is able to check in. Uh, Gerard, first uh, first signing day for you. It's been a busy day. It's not anywhere near done, but uh, you know we're we're getting going here. Yeah, this is a little bit different from signing day I did when I was covering high school last year when you're worried right. about specific recruits and where they're going more so than just having one set place and who's coming in. But I'm I'm happy that it – to me, it went by mostly quickly. Um, Johnson was the last one about 30, 40 minutes ago. But besides him, it feels like everybody was in one group as far as people just signing over. I like that. I'm glad there's not no somebody who wants to be like – you know, 6 p.m. after school or at, at, at I, there was a lot of high school athletes with like after school and I got to run out there and do that or something like that. So I thought it was cool. Yeah, Missouri signed uh, 21 guys today. We'll talk about that a little bit. Invite you to uh, comments and questions. Put those in the queue. We'll certainly get to those as the show goes along. Uh, but want to make sure before we do that, uh, hey, signing day is probably the best time to talk about NIL, right? James Carlton wants to talk about NIL with you. The first thing he wants to talk about with you, talk with you about is insurance. He wants to try to save you a little bit of money on that, car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, whatever kind of insurance you might need. James Carlton State Farm is the place you should go, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. Um, I've talked to James quite a few times. He's actually uh, the insurance agent for Drew, our basketball writer, and so we, we certainly stand by his product, but he also wants to talk to you about Mizzou's NIL efforts, so if you call him and get a quote or go online and get a quote, tell him you heard about it on Power Mizzou. He's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL efforts, and every $20 helps to assemble a recruiting class. Uh, Missouri's today ranked 30th in the country. That does not yet include transfers. Uh, they signed Theo Weiss and uh, Austin Firestone, a wide receiver from Oklahoma, a defensive end from Northwestern. Those guys are not yet uh, factored into our class rankings. They will be by the time everything wraps up and Gerard the weird thing is man signing day used to be like it was a it was a one-day thing now you'd get a few kids afterwards that that might sign and all that but now with the transfer portal I feel like this is just kind of one day and we're not really going to know what a recruiting class looks like until like June now yes uh, yesterday I was on uh SEC today and they asked me the same they asked me a, a question like do you like the two signing days or would you like the one? And somebody made a good point. Like when there's just one, which, you know, the one in uh, February, February yeah. it just seemed, it just seemed like everything could be chronologically in place. So like you don't have kids, you know, opting out of bowl game, going into transfer board, like they're obligated to stay through the year. And then it doesn't dilute the other signing day because, you know, if everybody's signing on one day, everybody's going to get a spot. Everybody's getting all attention. If we do it now, I feel like later on it's kind of diluted. And then 
those kids then who are doing that, they're not guaranteed a spot. I mean, I feel like if you're doing it in February, you got to know, like someone saying, I'm saving You've got to be elite. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Somebody has to say, this is for you. And it's going to be reserved if you sign here later. Not everybody can do that. So it's, it's a, I don't know. It's kind of messy in some ways. And when you add the transfer portal and everything else, it's, it's a, it's a big, yeah, this, this to me, this is the only signing day like February. I don't know. They'll sign maybe two, three, four kids, but this is the signing day. Uh, And like you said, I mean, these kids that, Hey, if you're, if you're the number, like Arch Manning could have waited till February if he wanted to. And everybody in America, if he calls them on Tuesday, on the first Tuesday in February and says, Hey, I want to sign. They're going to say, okay, like we don't really have a spot, but we'll figure it out. You know, but if you're just, if you're just a three-star kid, you're, you're a nice power five recruit. Like you better sign in, in December because now you got kids transferring out kids transferring in. I mean, we've got Missouri right now at 86 scholarship players, which means they're one over the limit. Now that doesn't matter because some guys are going to transfer out after, after uh, the bowl game and maybe even after spring football and all that, the numbers are going to work themselves out. But the point is if you're a high school kid, you probably better get it done today or you're not sure what's going to happen. Also on top of that, the, the ones who sign now can enroll, like some of them can enroll in, uh, in January and yeah. right. Yep. And they can do the spring ball. I know that kind of helps. I mean, it definitely does help a lot being able to do spring ball and go through camp and all that stuff. And the, the weird thing is like, I've seen miles McVeigh is already at Alabama. Like he's practiced with Alabama. I don't know how that works. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Apparent. But let's be honest, man. There's no rules anymore. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I, I, well, I guess I can, from what I know. So last year, um, when I was in Tennessee, I had, I did have a five-star. I had Ty Simpson who went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple guys who went to Arkansas. So what they did, and they all three of them did the, you know, starting in January stuff. So what they did was they'd usually come in during the bowl practice. If that team's at a bowl game, they go to the bowl practice and that kind of starts there. They'll right. come back. That's now bowl practices have already started, but they'll kind of like, you know, work in. It, it's more like a workout at first until uh, they sign. They'll sign. They'll probably have a week with their families, which is this week, usually Christmas or whatever. They'll come back. They'll right before they enroll. That's kind of around the time where they're starting to kind of like, practice with them it's more of the same workout but they're actually like all right guys come on we're going to bring you in for real see teach you this is that and they'll enroll and start the whole process so i mean missouri signed 21 guys today we knew about 20 of them when the day started the only i guess surprise is uh is a kid named sam williams who was a wake forest commit until monday night he's a three-star defensive end He's going to be a defensive tackle, he told me, at Missouri. But he's a kid out of Georgia. Uh, you know, adds a little bit of uh, of intrigue. Decommits from Wake Forest, commits to Missouri. And, oh, by the way, those teams are playing in two days. Yeah, I, that's one of the questions I want to ask, Drink. Like, do you get extra satisfaction when when not only do you flip somebody from maybe an SEC team, but like a, like a bowl game opponent that you're never going to see, just like ironically – Especially what is the game? Two days away. I want to know yeah. what's the is there like a power trip that comes with that? <laughs> right. Right. I'm sure that uh I I I mean, like Missouri left for the bowl game on Monday. I'm sure Wake Forest probably did too. So like these two coaching staffs are legitimately like 
probably you know a few hundred yards away from each other when when Sam Williams decommits and and commits to Missouri. Um, but but other than that, I mean, today relatively uneventful. They signed everybody we thought they were going to sign, which is really the main the main goal. And, and like I always say, hey, if there's no surprises on signing day, then that means we've done a good job throughout the year. Like if if you guys are are surprised by a bunch of things that happen, then we don't know what the hell we're doing, and and that's not good for us. So signing day is a little anticlimactic, but. The the one intriguing part of this signing day is we immediately now turn to, okay, so what's next? Like, where are they looking in the transfer portal? I still think they need defensive ends. They badly need offensive linemen. I think you got to look for a running back. I think you got to look for a tight end and a quarterback. I, I don't know, man. Mm, like I put, I don't know how many people checked out my transfer portal shopping list. If you haven't, go ahead, check it out. Um, I had quarterback at the bottom because when you think about it, Brady Cook played well, got Sam Horn. Now, this, I feel like it's going to be a mess for – is it Jabari or Gobari? Like, I, it's Jabari. We, I wanna we don't really know. I pronounce it Jabari. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's right. I, I feel like that's it, but I, I don't know. But let's just – for Jabari for now, if it's not, I apologize. You got Mr. him coming Johnson. in. From, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got, we got Mr. Johnson coming in uh, from Washington. So you got talent there. I don't know. It's not the biggest one, but for me, I keep thinking tight end. They like to use multiple oh, yeah. tight ends. And so obviously it's uh that's gonna be a thing. And we have you know, there's North Fleet coming in, but again, expecting any freshman, true freshman that's not a Luther Burden to to play is that's not pretty, a skill position player. Yeah. Yeah, like you that's asking for a lot. So I think tight end, defensive end, and offensive line. Mm-hmm. All, all same thing. This is uh this is a good way to transition. Jared has has tossed us five bucks for you to use at the casino while you're hanging out with the Mizzou players that all talked about going there. Uh, so so what is it? Is it craps? Is it roulette? What what are we doing at the what are we doing at the Tampa casinos tomorrow night? Um, you know what? Five dollars isn't it? That's not enough to get me in a Texas Hold'em game. But I definitely, I definitely like it. Maybe we'll start that off with a little slot machine. See if I get lucky on one of the the fun slot machines, not the old school ones y'all bring down. Let's get me the SpongeBob Monopoly weird ones, and let me hope I get lucky. And then uh, I'll I'll use my the rest of my funds to get some Texas Hold'em going. There you go. But we do appreciate that, uh, Jared. Thank you for that. And uh, so you're headed over to St. Louis. We're going to talk to to Eli Drinkwitz here in about 45 minutes. You're headed over to St. Louis after that, flying out tomorrow morning for Tampa. And, I mean, you've spent a lot of the last week kind of drilling into these matchups and and previewing this game. I mean, you know, what I look at this is – like this kind of feels like the Arkansas game to me. I, it's kind of a similar matchup. Is that does that make sense? It is a similar matchup. I mean, uh, Wake Forest has a lot of size. They got three wide receivers that are just like six two and taller. Um, they got a really good quarterback who who can throw the ball. His arm is not as strong as KJ Jefferson's, but he's really accurate. He likes throwing the short passes. They like getting the ball out quickly. Um, the run game isn't as strong, but when you got five receivers with over 500 receiving yards, it doesn't really have to. And so the talk of this week is just that RPO mesh. And when you, that's a good way to mask a running game that where you don't traditionally just have a, a, a Jaheim Sanders, you know, Rocket Sanders from Arkansas, where you right. could just give it to him and everybody knows like the RPO kind of lets Sam Hartman think, you know, what am I going to do? And even though you know he wants to pass it, 
you've got to have gap discipline because it only takes one mistake for them to break a big run. And now you have to worry about the run and the pass. And it's just a bunch of problems. And that, and that slow mash RPO, I mean, like, look, if there's one position that you'd like to go in feeling like, okay, our guys know what they're doing, they're experienced, all that, it's defensive end. Yeah. That's not the case for Missouri. We got no DJ Coleman, no Isaiah McGuire. Uh, as far as we know, Trajan Jeffcoat is playing, but they're going to have Jeffcoat, Arden Walker, and Johnny Walker. And I've seen some flashes out of Arden and Johnny Walker. Like, I think they both actually have a chance to be pretty good players. But this is a pretty tough assignment for the first game because because that, that RPO, I mean, the whole thing came about, the idea is the quarterback reads the defensive end. If the defensive end crashes down, the quarterback keeps the ball. If the, the defensive end stays outside on the quarterback, he hands it off to the running back, and it's a really tough play to defend, especially if, like, you've played 57 snaps like Johnny Walker has. Right. So there's a, a couple more things that goes into that. So one, uh, I think it was Jernigan and uh, – Darius Robinson was just talking about the walkers and their speed coming off the edge. Mm -hmm. Think about inexperienced players, especially when they've got all that speed is it's really easy to not be gap disciplined and think I'm so fast. I can just take off. Yeah, that's the problem. They've got to have good contain, which Coleman and Jeff Coates start the year and McGuire really did well. I always say that it feels like every game they're good at setting the edge and making sure nothing gets around them. They've got to learn that. And something Wake Forest does also, they don't get penalized. They're, top 20 in the in the nation in penalties they only get about four and a half per game and then the rpo it's kind of built on the fact that their offensive linemen they know how to hold the blocks long enough in some weird way they just got that and that not get downfield yeah exactly which is a problem with zoo has had when they've done things so being able to hold those blocks even though they don't know if it's a run or a pass that's really important so a lot of factors goes into that including Hartman being able to read the defensive ends. So when I made the Arkansas comparison, like I remember going into that game, I said, look, Arkansas has got a pretty good offense that I think is going to put up points. So Missouri's probably going to have to put up 30 against a bad defense to win this game. Turned out they could have won with 28, but like it was pretty close. That, that read was, was pretty spot on. I kind of feel the same way. Like this is a game where Wake Forest defense isn't very good but Missouri is going to still have to put together one of its best offensive performances of the year, I think, to score enough to win. That's That seems about right. Like, at first I was thinking, before you started, I was thinking, well, Missouri's defense, uh, um, they're going to play well. Wake Forest's defense is just really bad. But then I think, like, Arkansas, they have Drew Sanders, who should be, like, a day one, early day two pick. Like, he's a really good linebacker. They have pieces, and they were still really bad throughout the season. Wake Forest doesn't really have any of those guys. So their offense is their defense, but they can put up a lot of points. They're better offense than Arkansas. So Missouri's going to have to – they're going to have to keep up. And I just keep thinking, how does Dom Lovett kind of not being there affect that? And, well, the good thing about this game is – we can totally decide whether Eli Drinkwitz is a good or a bad play caller based solely on 60 minutes on Friday night, right? Like we just make every this is it, man. This is this is the this is uh this is judgment day. <laughs> no, it won't be it won't be full on judgment day, but, but, but it will be for it will be for some people. Oh yeah, it will be. It will be. I mean, some things 
if he goes back to some of the early habits he had in the season where he has these long developing plays when Brady Cooks just seems like he's working with the quick passes and the jet sweeps and all that, if he does that too often and, like, this bad Wake Forest defense can get to Brady Cook, that's just going to be – It's gonna. I'm going to just say it's not going to be a good day. That doesn't mean he's terrible as a whole. That's just not good for that day. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've broken down the numbers a lot. The offense got better when Brady Cook started running, when they started using his legs. And so that's what they're going to have to do in this game. Um, I don't know if it's a, a recipe for long-term success, but it's the recipe for success on Friday night, I think. That's that's his uh, – that's his MO and the way he is going to uh, going to be able to move the football mostly because the funny thing was he had his three best rushing games of the year in the last three games. You know what that opened up? He also had his three best passing games of the year in the last three games. Now I've got a question for you. How much is that predicated on him? A lot of his big runs are off scrambles, not off of design QB runs. And so how, like, I agree. Do you, do you think there's like a like? Do you think a drink or Hamden was saying, you know, if your first read isn't kind of go? Because I wonder if that's different if they put a spy out there or whatever right. they're gonna do. You know, and, and we saw the difference right in the Arkansas game. I mean, the first half they were man to man. Everybody's back was to him, and he broke the line of scrimmage. He's just like, dude, where everybody at? I'm just gonna run for about 20 yards, right? And then in the second half they changed things up and and figured that out. But I feel like there were more designed runs in the last three games. I mean, they didn't all work, but I feel like there were more times where the idea from the snap was for him to take off with the football. Well, yeah, there's design runs, but I don't feel, I've now feel like I can really remember this season too many design runs where he just hikes the ball and acts like, and just goes straight. Like that's resulted in a number of big first downs or anything. Like I probably think of maybe one or two. feels like most of his plays are after he's scrambling and he actually gets a good line for a second, but he's just like, I got to go. And that all that all ties into like what a lot of Missouri fans don't want to admit is, you know what gets better the more you play is your decision-making. Yep, and that's not only when to hand the ball off and when to keep it, but when to go, I don't have anything. I'm going to get out of here. You know, and look, Brady got better at that the last six games. Yeah, I don't got nothing to add to that. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you get instincts, and um, he's not forcing anything. I mean, he does have the tendency. You probably should have about three or four picks, though, over the last three games. He he does every game have about one pick that's probably dropped. But so yeah. should everybody. Like, that I, is, I feel that like is true. That is true. That, that is true. Although his look a little bit more <laughs> egregious than others that are just dropped. It looked like. It's one of those plays where you're like, that's why that player on that team's a defensive back and not a wide receiver. Right. right. I got you. Uh, this kind of leads into a question Jared has about Brady Cook. Did his demeanor seem to change during media availability throughout the year? He felt like he sensed a lot of people turning on him. Look, man, we talked about that in the room. At some point, Brady Cook just decided, you know what? Kind of pissed at all y'all. You know, I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. And and like, I don't blame him. He's a 20 year old kid here and, and he got crapped on by a lot of people this year. And, and I'm not saying he's an all American, right? I think he got more heat than he deserved, but the most interesting thing to me was on, uh, I don't know what day it was. I think it was Saturday. We talked to him and, and I just asked him like how different he feels like it. Cause a year ago he was sitting here preparing to play his first ever college football game like it was 
364 days ago, they played in the Armed Forces Bowl, and he had never started a game. And I asked him kind of how different he thinks he is than that kid who who started that game. And, and one of the things he said, he said, you know, I learned a lot, some good, some bad. You know, and like Brady's too smart to say it, but if you're talking to him, you can understand. Like, dude, these kids all hear the talk and hear the noise. It's impossible not to. All right. Um, I can only I'll compare it like this. So when you're in school and you get like everybody starts with hundreds, is what they say. You get a bad grade, so he has a bad game versus Kansas State, and his stock plummets a lot. And even when he has the good ones, it doesn't like shoot his grade all the way back up, kind of inches his way back there. So that relationship with your teacher is kind of like, he failed me, you know. So you got to build it up. And even though he's built it up, it doesn't, it didn't skyrocket back up. So you can kind of feel his like saltiness a little bit because mm-hmm. when when the Kansas State game happened, when Auburn happened, all these games happened and they were losing in terrible ways, everybody was on him. And then when he plays well, it's always a but. It's even they won in spite of him. Yeah. 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 And even then, I mean, I'm the last few games. I feel like I've been trying to say, like, guys, you got to look at. I mean, he's putting up the stats. They're winning. He's the best player. And even just a second ago, I was like, he's still has those egregious looking interceptions. It happens. But you can tell he kind of he knows they all know. So and here's the mistake that I think coaches and players make. They think Twitter is the media like what they read on Twitter. That's us, man. That's our fault. No, dude, we have not been mean to Brady Cook. Like, we've been very fair to Brady Cook. What fans say on Twitter and message boards, like, we can't really control that. So, yeah. uh, hey, we're going to we're gonna briefly have a, what they call a three-man booth here. We got Drew King in his no, car outside Drew the Enterprise, yeah. Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Um, so, so what we're going to do here is we're going to finish up with Gerard, and, and we're going to let him go and, and get to work, and then we'll talk a little basketball with Drew. But, so, Gerard, before we go, man, have you done your uh, – have you made your official prediction? Do you know what you're picking for, for Friday night? I do not know what I'm uh, I'm predicting. Uh, most of the preview's done. Uh, I still got something to finish up. That pre The prediction is – I don't know. It, it's coming along. I'm going to say right now, though, just on the spot, I'm going to say Missouri wins. They, they'll pull it out. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm going to have to look back and- – <laughs> But I, I say I say they are, they have enough to to get it done. All right, I think I picked Missouri thirty three thirty one in our preview based on the fact that I don't know it's good business to make the fans happy. If I have no idea what's going to happen, you might as well pick the home team, right? So uh, I'll let you out of here on this. We'll ask you the same question uh, same question that the players got asked this week. What are you looking forward to doing in Tampa besides seeing a football game, man? Eh? Mm, to be and, honest, and, and by the way, there's no SID here to give you a dirty look if you say strip oh, clubs. No, no, I mean, if no, you just no, say no. strip clubs, it's fine. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. Um, your, your girlfriend might get pissed off if she's listening, she, but it nah. ain't gonna bother me. <laughs> I hear you. Um, to be honest, I'm looking just to get some food, some food that I that's not here that I may not. It's hard for me to. Anytime I go somewhere, I just think chain restaurant like what can i get quickly that i know is going to be open i'm going to try something new down there but just being in an nfl stadium like that's really what i've been thinking about i'm trying to get to work and then fly back home to see the chiefs and all that good stuff on saturday and watch all the the, the games uh real quick since drew is here i'm gonna ask drew yeah. um wake forest or missouri i'm putting you on the spot now Ooh, um i don't know that much about wake forest so i'll, I'll go mizzou 
yeah, there was only one answer, that there was only one answer to that. There's only going to be one answer on this podcast. To that, so. <laughs> there you go. All right, Gerard, I will see you on a different Zoom in about 35 minutes, man. Uh, All right, we'll let you go. All right, have a good one. Drew King in St. Louis, uh, where it is not yet the apocalypse uh we did not correct snow and ice and wind and all that yet uh just got done talking with were there players or just dennis gates or what was the situation yeah we we got um coach and and players we got to talk to demoy hodge and deandre golston after coach so um we got everybody okay so what was what was kind of the theme of the day I think they're just kind of really excited to to be a part of another rivalry game. Um, you know, I, I think they kind of under, have a better grasp of, of like what, you know, this is going to mean to Mizzou now that they've gone through the, the border war. Um, and I think they, they realized like this is going to be another really tough opponent in Illinois, you know, a really good defensive team. Um, so that, that those were kind of my two takeaways was was just that you know I think that they're excited to try and redeem themselves in this one. Yeah, yeah, we had a had Dre Golston on another podcast I do on Monday, and you know I kind of asked him like, "Hey, were you guys ready for the atmosphere at Kansas?" And he said, "Well, like it didn't surprise us. We kind of knew what it was going to be, but you still can't really get a feel for it until you're out there." You yeah. know, so I, I think like without saying it, I'm not sure they were a hundred percent prepared for that atmosphere. I feel like they'll be better prepared for tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that it, it kind of came across in kind of the confidence of the players. Like they they have so much of a better understanding this time around about you know, kind of um what what the crowd's gonna be like in this one. And so um I, I think that there's a little bit more more calm heading into this game rather than the one that they played against Kansas. Well, and, and what Golston said on Monday, and I think a lot of players feel this way, he said, we kind of feed more off people being against us. Like he liked being in Wichita mm. where it was a pretty good crowd, but they were all cheering against him. Yeah. The KU crowd, like, hey, that was 99% Mizzou fans tomorrow night. Right. I mean – Look, actually, I'm not sure what the weather's going to do to it. Like, that could change the atmosphere. But theoretically, this should be like a 50-50, 55-45 situation. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, but like you said, the weather might might change some things. I'm not for sure. Yeah. It, but... it might still be 50-50, but it might be 4,000 fans instead of 18,000 fans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I know we've joked Dennis's thing is kind of – he doesn't really talk about the other team. Uh, did he talk much about Illinois today? Did it, you get much insight? It was interesting. He actually talked about um, Terrence Shannon. And, um, okay. you know, obviously he's he's a really good athlete, really long guy. But Dennis Gates brought up that he actually was the first coach to offer Terrence Shannon a scholarship mm-hmm. while he was an assistant at um, Florida State. So um, I think that there's a lot of um, respect there. I, I know that they, that's somebody you obviously have to key in on when you go up against mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, and then on top of that, you know, obviously Illinois is um, a really good defensive team, kind of like uh, UCF was this past game. Um, Illinois is kind of at another level than, than UCF, obviously. But um, And then also, you know, UCF, plays fast kind of like Mizzou so I'm expecting um a lot of possessions in this one like I think they're going to go full force up and down the court so um those were kind of my my thoughts on this matchup for Mizzou 
I, I will fully admit, like between signing day and football still going on, I, I don't know a ton about Illinois. So matchup wise, like the, the thing that scares you for Missouri is do they have somebody down low who's going to eat you alive? Does Illinois exactly. have that? Um, Illinois does have that. Um, <laughs> I I was looking at their Ken Palm page. They have a guy named Coleman Hawkins, who's their starting center. He's 6'10", 225. Um, and then their backup, his name is Dane Danger, and he's 6'9", 270. So they'll, they'll go back and forth between those two guys. But on top of that, like the rest of the lineup, you have Matthew Mayer, who's 6'9". You have Terrence Shannon, who's 6'7". Like this is a really, really big team. And so that would be kind of my biggest concern for Mizzou going into this one. It's, it's really going to be like the first time they've gone up against a team with that much of a size advantage, in my opinion. Right. I think I think this is kind of a house money game for Missouri. Um, yeah. You know, like you've got to me, you've got three chances in the next, what, 12 days or whatever to go get one. And all you've mm-hmm. really got to do is go get one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um uh, and also, like, even if you, you know, don't get one, if you can keep it close in right. two or three of these, right? Like that, I think that would be um, a big step forward for this team, just to show that you know you you're not that far off from competing with those kind of teams. So that's kind of what I would be looking for from the Tigers. I, I think if you can get one, though, that takes the conversation for me from. Yeah, I could see a scenario where the tournament's in play to if you get one of these three, I kind of start to think the tournament's in play. Yeah, I agree. Like the, it's three chances to get like a true signature win, which mm-hmm. Missouri has 10 wins, but I wouldn't say that any of them are like overly impressive no. right now. And so, you know, pulling off an upset against one of these, you know, top 20 teams, I, I think says that you can be up there with the top 20 teams. And, and I think tomorrow night's doable for two reasons. First of all, I have mm-hmm. seen this game so many times. I feel like the worst team usually wins this game. It's a really weird oh. deal, but like we go into this game every year and think we know what's going to happen. When when we think Missouri's good, they do nothing in this game. And we think Missouri's got no chance they win this game. So that's the first part. But the second part is like, we've seen Illinois look pretty bad. Like that Penn State yeah. game, they have proven they can lose a game to yeah. somebody they should not lose a game to. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to Jason, the SID. I was looking at his game notes for this one. He had a really good stat. Mizzou is 4-0 and when they play this game and Illinois is ranked. So oh, wow. I think that, um, that kind of goes to what you're saying, that, you know, maybe Mizzou has a shot in this like, one and, and – like that has to be in the last four times or something like that, right? Because I know Possibly. Illinois has been ranked in this game more than four times total. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll have to double check that one, but yeah. I, I think that's what – I'm pretty sure that's okay. what the game note says, the last four times. Okay. Well, hey, okay, yeah, the last four times, that, that would certainly make sense. So, all right, Drew, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna head your way here in a couple hours. We're going to talk to Eli Drinkwitz, do some more stuff on signing day. We will uh, see you tonight and and looking forward to this. But uh, thank you for uh, taking some time in the car, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. I'll see you in the game here. All right.
We'll talk to you later. Drew King joining us live from St. Louis. Uh, appreciate him being able to jump on fresh off media day with Dennis Gates and a couple of Missouri players. Uh, like I said, guys, it's signing day. There's bragging rights tomorrow night. There's a bowl game Friday night. Like this is, oh, by the way, Christmas is Sunday, I've heard. Um, I know not everybody out there celebrates that, but for those of you who do, um, if you want to get my wife a present, I haven't really done that yet. So, um, you know, it's a busy week here in our world, but we would have it no other way. A lot of stuff going on. Look forward to it. Appreciate all you guys who who took a few minutes hanging out with us live on what is probably your last day of work or you don't have jobs or you just said, screw it, I'm quitting at noon on Wednesday, whatever. But appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, if you were here live, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. You'll get a heads up when we do go live. Uh, we're still going to do regular weekly shows uh, going forward with Drew, Gerard, Sean, whoever, you know, but but probably going to come back to one a week for a little while. Uh, but but do all those things. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us a nice review, whatever you do, share us on social media. And more important than any of that, get in touch with your friend, my friend, maybe not your friend, I don't know who you know, but my friend James Carlton at State Farm Insurance in Webster Grove, Missouri, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800, the phone number. Uh, James just wants a chance to be your insurance agent. Give him a call, uh, log on online, get a quote. Tell me you heard about it on Power Mizzou. He's going to donate $20 on your behalf to Mizzou's NIO Collective. And uh, that's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for you, which makes it a good thing for everybody. We appreciate James being on board with us. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as well. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Stay with us the rest of the day. About to hop on a Zoom with Eli Drinkwitz uh, and then head to St. Louis. Bragging rides tomorrow, bowl game Friday. Busy week, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you later.